0: I said I don't know if I was back ready to, to break the Yeti back out. It's been a minute. <sighs> I'm tired as fuck. Came back from a day out in Atlanta. Um Atlanta traffic is fucking nerve-wracking, bro. But those are my waitress that had the greatest rack I think I've seen in a, a great while. Um And it was just it was just gnarly, brother. It was fucking gnarly. I had a fucking splendiferous time up there in Atlanta. Fucking gorgeous women, gorgeous scenery. Just beautiful family, and I loved everything about it family I just love them so much. I'm glad I got to spend some time with people that are not on the fucking internet for one time in my life. But not really I love my family. Uh it's great being out with them. Atlanta women are gorgeous. Uh Midtown's a gorgeous place, really. Um not that many homeless people. Um loud pieces of shit on slingshots. If you have one of those motherfuckers who live in like some recessed area in a in, in a town or city You feel the need to, like, rent a slingshot and go fucking downtown and just loop the block playing bullshit-ass music from the fucking 80s. Please go neck yourself. We don't want you around, bro. I'm sorry. Uh, Let's get to the topic at hand. Best pivot in modern hip-hop. I'm not credentialed to speak on any other genre of music like that Um, in the 2010s. I've listened to a good few, I think, substantially, especially indie pop. uh, Contemporary electronic pop, uh, or just contemporary electronic, I guess, maybe. Um, But if I'm going to talk about Best Pivot, you really want to get into the shmias. They're the underlying details. And I think that I am credentialed enough to do that on rap. I have a few candidates I was thinking about while I was taking a dump. Um, Tyler, the Creator. Little B. Brandon McCartney, the bass guy. If I want to do a Worst Pivot, I should do a Chance to Rapper. Who else would I put on, on the Best Pivot? I'm trying to think. Because I got those two down. Those two are the two I love to put down. But uh, <sighs> Best Pivot. Uh, I think Denzel, Denzel Curry would be in the top seven. I don't know if he'd be in the top three. I'll put, I'll put Denzel Curry like number six. Um, Little Baby would be in the top six, too, I think. Little B, actually, Blue Baby should be probably top five. So we'll say Young Thug would be third, actually. So, Tyler, this isn't ranking, really, but the top two my top two. Tyler, Little B, Young Thug, and I have three other names. I want to do a top five, really. So, Thug, the other two. I would say Travis up until, you know, Kids Being Murdered This Show. That wasn't great. Um... Wasn't a great look for him, uh, to be honest with you. So I got three that I like, and I got a fifth that I like. I need a fourth. Uh you're literally hearing the Mac- and this is working my brain right now as so I'm thinking. Uh a fourth. Who do I like as a fourth? Uh I'm thinking contemporary, popular. I think Jack Holmer had the worst pivot. Um, I think Poe is probably the worst pivot. Uh should I do dead rappers? I don't know. I mean, who like what dead? I think Uzi might have went from best pivot to worst pivot in the same career. Uh, True, Trippy, Trippy would be Trippy fourth. Yeah, okay, Trippy fourth. So Tyler, Little B, Trippy, Thug, Baby. All right. So Paul, nonetheless, I don't think it's a Paul. People call it Do Baby, right? I don't know. Um. So number five, I had to think about. Let's research that rank a little bit. I would say number five is probably Trippy because Trippy still is still pretty contained with the same genre. He's just, I think, more acclaimed within that genre. Like I don't think he's really reached out of the SoundCloud teenage circle really that much. I mean, I think that I'm not the age where I was where Trippy was hot initially, I and mean, that's the age I was was the, the target audience for Trippy. You know, 17, 18s when he first came out. Uh, was about 2016-17. So my age at that time would have been his target audience. And I just feel like I've grown outgrown him, but I think the same age still fucks with Trippy. They just consider him more of an actual artist, not as much of a swagger jacker, piece of shit that people my age did, um, a biting fuck. He kind of made his own lane, kind of bred some modicum of originality, and uh, people appreciate him as more than just, you know the C-tier, trippy, uh Uzi, or, or Etz uh, kind of uh, spawn. Uh, <laughs> I really would say more of a like a little peep at spawn, but then you have guys who fit that notion even better than him. So we'll just say he's a C-tier, D-tier, to far more talented artists, artists that he kind of bit off on. Uh, but I'd say he has made an amazing pivot to interesting personality, not just uh, a kind of dirty looking uh druggie that's your probably your fifth best option in terms of a uh, a starting lineup of Soundcloud dread rappers uh he, I think you'd put a card over here maybe you put a uno Fondo over him at one point in time but he's comes out of his own lane he's fuck yes Jules. he's he's, still, he's had some w's in the past he, longevity he has, he has real longevity, which for one reason or another a lot of Soundcloud dudes have not had real longevity. For him to be still relevant from twenty sixteen to twenty twenty two, that's real talent displayed somewhere. I don't know if it's in the music, if it's in his personality, whatever. But he's crafted a real lane, and no hating shit. I respect that a ton. Um, number four, let's go, baby. I think little baby would probably be best because little baby was. I I don't know how to rank him to the street dudes. I really came up on him after my dog. I wasn't there for his street part of his career. Uh, my little brother was. He say was, was on here for a while. He started. It's like when when my dog was hot. He was playing me like just. He legit like took the the phone and like played like an hours worth of like, spinnerella My Mistakes, like deep cuts, a little baby. So this dude was grinding for a hot minute before he came up. And um, I mean pivoting from like a My Mistakes, you know. I mean, who was his contemporaries at one point? In time? Like the Young Blues, the the um. You know, just just niggas that like were not like that never really came past just being like in a no cap. Like it's been mean, niggas that just pretty much always stay amongst circles that only listen to trap rap, uh, you know, gangster rap derivatives, all that shit. Like that's just was his style for a while. And him and Gunna both kind of exploded out of that, that uh that box and became what they are now. I mean, uh, you know, I mean, these motherfuckers are on some of the biggest songs on the planet, you know. And I don't wanna to go too deep into because everybody knows Lil Baby at this point, I kinda have seen the rise of Lil Baby since uh my dog Yes Indeed. But that motherfucker came up some pretty, you know, I mean, this wireless saw Rico shit, I mean that's <laughs> now now it's like some drive and shit, but like this nigga was banging hard as any of these niggas that got popped recently. So, I mean, to go to that to being a superstar, I mean, shout out to Lil Baby, cool dude. Um, wish him the best. I mean, good music, obviously. Shout out to Lil Baby. Um Who's the other three? Tyler, Brandon McCartney, and who else? Who's the third one? I forgot. Oh, fuck, I'm doing tired as hell. I'm sorry. Let me think for a second. Uh, I know I. I God, who was the third? I did Trippy. I did Baby Dog. The Dog. I was on third Dog. I would put Dog at. This might be contentious. I don't know. I want to. I feel like Tyler and Little Beard just uh, unparalleled in that unless I'm missing somebody, but, ah, God, Thug, I mean, Thug was, like, not selling worth the shit for a while, like, Thug made, made interest internet solely, in- I mean, the problem is when Thug was doing, like, the trap shit, like, the, the the coming up on the trap shit, like, you know, Pikachu, Speed Racer, all that shit, those were, like, not even, like, SoundCloud shit, those were, like, straight up, like, my mistakes, you know, Dat Piff, that was that nigga. Um, and, then you know, the, the the Rich Gang shit was, it wasn't his shit, per se. So, I mean, you didn't really track it like that, but it did success, obviously. I mean, you had the Slime Season 1 shit, Power, Best Friend, uh, you know, Thief in the Night on Slime Season 2. I mean, those are um as well. So it's like, it's hard to track, you know, his impact in numbers. I mean, shit he did was successful. I mean, Barter Sits, uh, I think Barter Sis was the one that had uh, Best Friend. Maybe. I'm not... I forget. I think Barter Sis had... Um, I think... Mean, God, it was... One of the big ones was on that one. I can't remember right now. But um, I think I misattributed one of the ones ones one to that should have been on Barter Siss. But, you know, Lifestyle to the Risk Gang shit. It was successful, obviously. But then for a while there, it's just like Radio Silence in terms of like, like real radio success. Um, this dude was on the radio constantly. I mean... Uh, I was smoker I'm a what's it? I'm a I'm a stoner. I'm a stoner. I'm a yeah stoner. Lives. I mean, this dude like a good chunk of the early 2010s was out here every radio song and just ghost for a while. I mean, his shit was. It seemed to be expanding even more than the internet, but like the in-person numbers did not reflect that growth. And I I think we just had him touch so many different buttons. I mean, this motherfucker's on a S song uh and killed that shit i mean he was on uh i think he was on a, a major laser joint at one point uh you know he was on you know he did a country shit with uh millie uh what's her name millie vanilla i don't know uh the, the, the country chick you know he touched so many different lanes in that kind of mid going to late 2010s you know era that i think it was just like a volcano bubbling it's hard to see at that moment because there was so many consistent projects that were not doing the numbers that Doug once was doing, uh when he was just doing pure trap shit. And it worked. I mean, you get to um the one with hot on it. And I mean, that shit just dead numbers. It just seemed like he kind of fine tuned the formula to make an interesting but still trap album. And it just finally, you know, it clicked. Uh, and I don't know, I mean he's definitely pivot. I mean he still was on like dual Lipa joints and, and all those, you know, um Camilo Cabello, I think, was the one he was on. I mean, he just has this become something that everybody, you know, just every walk of life, really fucks with at this point. And he's has shown way more longevity than his primary peer back in the Rich Gang era. Um, so, I mean, he's definitely exceeded all expectations uh, by far, I think, in music. And he's had so many different phases, evolutions. I mean. You know, really, really incredible shit. Um, I'm gonna go little B number two just because Tyler's still coming up, man. I, I Tyler's still coming up. Uh, little B, we we've it. I didn't know what was gonna happen, but we've seen the peak of, of the little B experiment, unfortunately. Because I mean, I, I would love to see you know a, a, a fresher, younger little B in the TikTok world. I don't know. This motherfucker might be doing some crazy shit. And he's still playing around. I mean like, I still follow him be on Spotify, so I still get, you know, he'll be one of my first or two songs on the release radio radar. Release radar. Um you know, Discover Weekly. This motherfucker did a hyper pop song in this in this month. I don't know if I listen to that shit, but this motherfucker did a hyper pop song. Like straight up hyper pop uh you know Sophie uh you know uh ag a- club type shit i mean like <laughs> it's like the a hyper pop song i mean you would see this shit on um what's the name fratium you would just see this shit on a fratium song the shit that he did on that song uh and he just said you know i'm the, i know the bass guy like 25 different ways but when you pretty much all you got a little bit on a feature nowadays all B's features will be this no minimum or no maximum uh, then you can ask out a little B for a feature. I mean, you might not get a good feature, but he'll do anything on a feature. That motherfucker does not give a shit. You ask him for a feature and give him enough money, he is going to get on that feature and do some shit that you want him to do. Um, You gotta make the bills, you know, you gotta pay the bills, I understand completely. Um, But little B's pivot from fucking got my bands on, they look like sneakers, you know, to this high-fee legend to this trailblazer for just non-sexuality, but over-sexual shit in hip-hop. I mean, this motherfucker's like, you can't call me gay because I'm a pretty bitch. You can't call me the F-word, which I can't say. um, Because I'm a pretty bitch. (laughs) This motherfucker is made to where you can't criticize his sexuality at all. Because he is the motherfucker that has pointed out his own damn sexuality on the fucking track, five seconds later. I mean... (laughs) Nigga say I gotta tie your pants off, man. You can't say shit to me, dude. I, it's just this nigga opened so many doors. And I mean you had, you know, the thugs and all that shit that were kind of being more flamboyant, but like no dude has been as weird as little B was at that point in music and it became normal being weird. Like his weird shit became normal. I mean, this motherfucker tweeting about having some chick eat his ass. That's just a normal day. A little b Twitter. I mean, and this dude, that's that's little b, fifteen years down the road. I mean, <laughs> that shit as a as a normal. It, it would have been the thing is now it's like not that many people see because not many people are like are following little b shit. Little b in his prime to tweet that shit and twenty thousand people would have fucking orgasmed enjoying that that little b said that shit. I mean, this dude, it's the where's motherfucker and made that shit palatable. That shit's, ins- this shit that he did broke conventions at that point. Joe Bud, was with of the serious, you know, slaughterhouse dude, um, off-the-porch rapper, you know, mood music and all that shit, kind of gave his own, you know, kind of emotional aspect, too. But this motherfucker's supposed to be like a cutthroat-ass fucking dude. Little B, little B ate this motherfucker up on a beat, killed this nigga, cooked this nigga alive, and just returned him to Cinder. Just going get the fuck out of here. Get the hell out of here. And just cook the shout out of him. I mean... <laughs> a little bit pulling niggas whole cards. A nigga with a pink bandana and tiny pants was pulling niggas whole cards. Tenured rappers with legendary hits and just pulling their whole cards on wax. <laughs> this nigga told Joey Badass, a year removed from 1999 on the premiere mixtapes of of, in modern hip-hop, um, he told that nigga... If you were badass, i turn you to trash, little bitch. That was pretty much the only diss he had an entire song. There was a joke diss that he had towards Joey and a diss, a Joey joke diss that he gave to little B. But this nigga still charged Joey badass up. <laughs> this nigga, like, legit made people not be able to evaluate music the same way. People, like, the same way that, like, you feel bad for criticizing Steph Curry for taking dumbass shots. And like, un in not necessary situations or stupid ass like behind the back passes and like final games that have all the stakes in the world uh, on their shoulders, he just does some stupid ass pass with the bounds because he couldn't just do a simple bounce pass. A wide open guy had to do it like behind the back, you know, fucking shabooping, you know, shabooping the fucking pass out there. That's little B. You couldn't. You didn't. You just felt like little B was above criticism because he could do that weird ass shit and if it's on a different track with a different beat you love that shit you may not have liked Paris Hilton but I bet you fucking silly ass you like fucking wonton soup I just I don't know I mean you may not have liked what what was it called um there's a steak knife joint but you liked fucking uh you liked uh fucking uh like a martian I mean like it's just I, I don't know I mean you might like Hoop Life 2, but you liked Hoop Life 1, and it's like almost the same, you know, level. I actually, I actually think, I feel like Hoop Life 1 was like the last good Lil' B take. I think Black Ken was everything he wanted to do as an artist, and I'm glad he did that because that was a good album, I thought, a good project, you know, for the most part. I think it was a good setup for the Lil' B, you know, world, and it was pretty much supposed to be the little B album, that just never was. I, I'm glad we finally got it, but... I felt like hoopla was like the last little B tape. Like that was little B at his peak of his powers, the curses of James Harden KD. And I think even Russell Westbrook. Um, we got all of it. And then we got in this concentrated, you know, this is that nigga, this nigga's is above sports, curses, multi-million dollar players. He is, he is a, a zenith. He is the zeitgeist. And that tape, I think it's the last tape where we really got little B at the peak of, of Little B. Um, Tyler, I don't even go into Tyler. I don't, I don't, I don't, because I can't say I'm a stan of modern Tyler. I, I was left behind after, after Cherry Bomb. I I was, uh, during Cherry Bomb, I really, Cherry Bomb was, I I was off the train at that point. And it kept on going, and things that happened after that point, as he's ascended to this new height as, you know, this multi- Barrier, uh, barrier, uh, sending uh, duality. You know the the rap motherfucker that wants to be taken serious, as well as the you know flamboyant uh, motherfucker that transcends rap, uh, at least as he should be perceived as an artist. Uh, he wants everything. I mean, Tyler wants everything. Tyler wants to be. It's it's almost like if you had Kanye. If you if you had Kanye, college dropout, where he's trying to. to Grind to be taken seriously as a rapper, and we've all seen that in the, the documentary came out a couple months ago. If you had that guy, but you stretched that guy out, that that level of yearning over 10 years, and you had a history before that 10 years of pan sexual harassment lyrics, sexual abuse lyrics, and uh not the listen, I I, I love, I love bastard i love wolf i love all the gritty edgy hard hardcore hard, hard bullshit now i don't like it that much anymore i still listen to it i mean but the thing is he was so fucking good in that niche that it sounds clean i'm to go fuck with the lyrics like i can still hear oh no mr who's the nigga who's talking about christopher uh don't god i don't remember the fucking lyric oh, no, Mr., I don't like Mrs., no, don't tell our play where my little sister goes. But he can still make these fucking pointed on the nose at the same time jokes about child, you know, predatory services. And I'm like, that shit is not shit that I think you should be listening to as a well-collected adult human being, but, like, the beat is so fucking good. His flow is so fucking good. His humor as childish as it is, it's still so individual that you still fuck with it even if it's some shit you would scoff at as a well-to-do adult. That it just ages well even if it... It ages well in how novelty and timed it is. Like, a fucking R. Kelly joke nowadays is like, what the fuck? You're not taking this shit serious enough, mate. But it's still funny as fuck some of the shit this motherfucker says. And it's interesting. And it's... One interesting thing is interesting and engaging. Ass Milk, the track with Earl and Bastard, as horror chorus that shit gets at moments, these are two people that are just fucking far more interesting in their peers and everything they're saying. I mean, it doesn't matter what's being said as long as it's interesting to me. Even if it's edgy or grimy or whatever, I'm, not, I'm one of the target audiences of that shit at that point in time. At least I was. Um, so, I mean, that part of me that was the target audience at that moment in 2002, 2011, it's still somewhere in there that still appreciates the shit I was hearing and how groundbreaking it was at that moment. But I acknowledge you can't do... You know, I don't... I don't think you're allowed to say the R-word. I, I don't know. I don't like the concept of a trigger warning. A trigger warning to me mutes so much of the reality that happens in the real world. You can't trigger warning a fucking conversation you see something happen in the streets. You can't just say trigger warning and... I know that I'm going off a tangent that I probably shouldn't go off on, but the R word, I know you can't rap about that for a career, and you shouldn't. That's a novelty that you play, because you're trying to get views and get some ears and whatever. Okay, shock value, I get it. But the pivot was incredible in that we take everything that made this guy grab eyes for his first three albums a Trilogy. And then, you know, Cherry Bond's kind of a mulligan. And then we flip that on Scumfuck Flower Boy. And then we say, this motherfucker now is Roses and on and, and all this shit. sunny, Flowery, all this bullshit. Uh, which is, I mean, those are things he explored in, in Wolf. And even more so in cherry bomb at times, he wasn't doing his uh his best for real nerd impression. Um, the sunny shit was shit that we were getting micro doses of, but to go as fucking Tumblr subliminal to your parents that you want to show that you're doing better than your parents would ever expected type. I don't want to say delusions because I think Tyler actually was living that happiness and he deserved that happiness for the shit he went through. But it's almost so on the nose at times with that album. that It's like, I, I don't think any motherfucker should be this happy. <laughs> I got, I really, t- I have a Patrice, Patrice O'Neill shit right now. Like, should any motherfucker be this happy? And that's what fucker is presenting himself to be in this album. I think he is. I think he, he was, he is, but it's almost like, God damn. Um, the pivot was so powerful and so well done. I mean, I I still to this day think he intentionally leaked the lyrics to "Garden Shed" about kissing white once two thousand four. I, I would I probably live that shit for the rest of my life. That truth, because I can't think that any other song would like if a motherfucker had that entire album. Who leaks a fucking seventh track on like a fucking album? Like he the seventh fucking track, the most explosive lyric gets leaked. Off that song. I think whole—I don't think the whole song got leaked. I think it was like that one verse got leaked of that joint. And that shit did circles like two weeks before the album came out. The fucking perfect promo. Even like if you had the um, the Isaiah uh, Rashad. I don't know. Is it a sys tape? I think he just, got, he just sucked into his uh, wiener. But the wiener sucking. If that shit came out like a month before the house is burning. I think that's his most recent joint. That shit would have done double the numbers because motherfuckers like yo, you gonna go back and re-record that shit? The rest of the dick sucking, um, niggas would have came out to see that shit or hear that shit or whatever. And it's just I'm thinking to in my my heart of hearts, like I don't think Tyler could have even accidentally had some shit like that leaked. That that that's that. Like there's so many good songs off that album that could have leaked. And I don't think "Gosh" is in the top five on that album. But the most explosive, literally the only thing I could think of that leaked out of that album was that fucking verse. And maybe people knew it would be fucking explosive. Maybe they did the fucking Hurt Tyler's career. Maybe. I'm not sure. But if they wanted to fucking make some waves, they chose the most perfect lyric of that entire album to do so. Um, and ever since that lyric has just been rosy and Grammy nominations and placements and this and that and, that and this and that been perfect been I an ideal career since since uh 2017 for him and if he planned that or not it worked out perfectly he taken he took definitely took advantage of it and if it was an accidental leak that some motherfucker put out there and didn't mean for it to be that explosive or even if, if he meant to be negative Tyler pivoted off that motherfucker perfectly because it's been up and up since then I don't know what he can do next because I think he's I still think he wants that that adoration as being a black artist. Even though that's something he intentionally seemed to shun, uh, almost in his early shit, and I think Todd's a very confused person when it comes to the topic of being black in music. Uh, not confusing that he doesn't know himself what he wants to be, but I don't think he knows how to how to obtain it. I think he's tried everything. He's tried R and B shit with R and B legends. He's tried Damn Your Soul shit. Uh, he's tried working with legends to put their shit together. He tried to have it, you know, come out with legends, you know, having their festivals, you know, in his music videos. I mean, he's tried everything. He's tried rapping shit. He did drama, like one of the most rapping ass, um, you know, uh, associates uh, that you could have on your album. Uh, Gangsta Grills drops, uh, you know, does a, a, a young boy joint, uh, a four foot two dog joint. I mean, he did everything he could. Went back to our uh, Future Roots. I mean, this dude has tried everything. To make a black fucking statement, and I appreciate what he's trying to do, but it's just, it's like insanity. Like it's almost like insanity at this point. To I think that's I think that's the only thing I can think of that he does. I think he just tries to do a black ass album. I don't know what that looks like for Tyler the Creator, but I just I don't see. I don't I don't think he hit the mark entirely with all he wanted. I don't I don't know if he did or didn't. I don't know what. I think Tyler knows what he wants. And I just don't think he's gotten it because it doesn't seem like we've gotten it based on what Tyler says himself. Tyler is so hard on the sleeve that it doesn't even make sense. And that's what's made him so lovable. But I don't think we've gotten... I don't think we have gotten what Tyler wants us to get yet. I think we're still in the loop. Uh, and maybe we will one day, us, the collective audience. But I, I don't think Tyler has, unfortunately, for one reason or another, put out the statement to black people that he wants to be received the way he wants it to be received. That's it for me. 28 minutes, I should shut the fuck up and just let this cook. I'm going to put this out. I think it's four straight days if I put it out I need to put it out. So I'm going to keep on trying to cook shit up and I hope y'all keep on fucking with it. Peace.